Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. My thoughts on the Gospel this morning were prompted by a discussion in our parish council meeting yesterday, and we were talking about our recent annual parish meeting that we had in February. We were discussing our goal uh, to pay off the current loan on the building and land so that we could move forward with a new building program. Uh. But we were reflecting on the annual parish meeting Uh, And if you were there, you know that we looked at the giving of the parish by way of uh, pie charts and some general statistics. And in light of this information about our giving, sort of assessing how we were doing, we stressed the importance of stewardship and tithes and offerings. And there's been a lot of positive feedback, I'm happy to report. Um, I'm hopeful that many of us took to heart the admonition to make a joyful and sacrificial giving a part of our normal Christian obedience. In May, we talked about providing maybe a quarterly report so that we could all see how we're doing. We might even go retro and put a thermometer in the parish hall. I mean, everybody's going retro, right? So those of you that are at least go back to the 80s or 70s or 80s, you know about the thermometer in the parish hall. We'll have somebody in bell-bottoms present it. (laughs) But I can tell you, actually, just since the meeting, the giving has gone up, and I have been told that many who had not given in the past have begun to give. So thank God for that. I want to repeat something I said in the parish meeting in February, which I also reminded our parish council of yesterday as we were discussing this, that if we will give joyfully and sacrificially in obedience and love to God, he will make up the difference. If everybody in the community tithes, and it's not enough, it's not even close to enough to what we need to pay things off, it doesn't matter. God will take care of it. God will provide in his own way. I I really have no stress or anxiety about this whatsoever. It is God's part to provide and to slay our enemies. Our part is to be obedient. Our part is to have faith. Our part in this arrangement is incomparably minuscule. Incomparably minuscule in this arrangement between us and God. And yet it is necessary. It is necessary. God God, our creator, he is the creator, deliverer, provider. He's the one who has made and sustains the world. He's the one who gives us life and existence in every moment. We possess nothing of ourselves, nothing in and of ourselves. Nothing of us is of intrinsic value apart from what we have received from him. And yet, the remarkable thing is, he invites us to participate. He invites us to participate by bringing an offering. 
to the party, to the table. What can we give, we might ask, that is of any value in comparison to what he brings? We have nothing. And yet, he waits for our offering. He has made us to be participants in the creation and in the movement of the world. The contradiction of our inherent insignificance with at the same time our creative influence on reality, you realize you change reality? That should make us wonder in amazement. Do you understand your participation? Your participation changes reality for good or for ill. God is everything. God is all in all. We are nothing in and of ourselves. And yet in this relationship, there is an exchange. There is an offering from both sides. But again, what can we give? Anything we have to give anyway is from God. Anything we contribute really from ourselves is meaningless in comparison to what God contributes. It is not as if, you know, God brings a diamond and we bring a pearl. That's not, that's not the analogy. God brings life. He brings existence. He brings the cosmos. He brings all the diamonds in existence. And we bring pocket lint. Less than pocket lint. Maybe we bring a sigh. It is, in fact, the absolute disparity of our respective offerings in this exchange which actually makes it believable. The fact that he in his great infinitude and we in our finitude, that it is absolutely distinct that makes his offering and his love believable. If there was some measurable difference, then the whole thing really would be absurd. The point is, in this request for your offering, God wants, God wants your pocket lent. He requires it, in fact. It is, in some sense, of great value to him that you offer it. But it is of more value to you that you offer it. What was Mary's yes? in comparison to God's act of becoming a man within her womb. Let's hold up God's offering, his power and love, his condescension, his sacrifice. Hold up what God did in Mary. Hold it up against her fiat, her obedience, her offering. There is no comparison. No comparison. And yet, he would not have become man without her yes. A remarkable thing to consider. It was the Spirit which made the word flesh, not Mary, and yet he would not have become flesh without her yes. At the simple yes of a young girl, mankind was reborn and the worlds were redeemed. On the face of it, there's nothing we can do, there is nothing we can offer that would really make any difference. 
This is the situation the disciples found themselves in when Jesus told them to go feed this great crowd of 5,000. In the case of our gospel story today, compare what Jesus did with what Andrew offered. Jesus, in his power, multiplied the fish and loaves. He nourished the multitudes. He sustained their life there in the desert. Andrew, what did he do? Well, he sheepishly brought a lad with a couple of fish and a few loaves. And it wasn't even really kind of some zealous offering of faith that Andrew made. It was very torpid. Well, I don't know what can be done with these, but here they are. That's about what it amounted to. There's no comparison between what Jesus offered and what Andrew almost kind of, sort of offered. But would Jesus have fed the 5,000 without the offering that Andrew made? At the beginning of the uh, episode, Jesus asks Philip, where will we buy bread for these people? And one of the other gospel accounts, the same story, he says, you give them something to eat. He said these things to the disciples, we are told, to test them, to test them, to test their willingness to bring something, to offer something, even though it may seem infinitesimal. This offering, it is your faith, it is your love, it is your very self, and it is a required part of the exchange. St. Augustine says, without him, you can do nothing. But without you, he will do nothing. Because what he would do would be force and not love. And in the end, it would not result in your salvation. God does not need your money. He doesn't need your obedience. He doesn't need your sacrifice. But it is you who needs to give it. Or else there will be nothing there only needs to be a mustard seed of faith to move mountains. But the mustard seed of faith is necessary for the mountain to be moved. God, in the flesh, he walked with these two forlorn disciples on the road to Emmaus. He would have kept going, it says. Love that little detail. He would have kept going had they not stopped him. Had they not stopped him and invited him to their house to come home with them, he tested them. He came to their house, and they put out bread for him. And then he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. The glorious Lord was made known to these depressed and hopeless disciples because they passed the test. They invited him in. They gave him a little piece of bread. And he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread that they offered to him. In a few moments... You're going to come kneel here at this rail like hungry little birds. And I'm going to place the body of Jesus on your tongue. And you're going to consume him. God has not only become a man for you, he has made himself your very food. Can you calculate the value of this offering? Can you measure the worth of what he brings, of what he brings to this altar, over and against what you bring. You know, it was your money, by the way, which bought the bread, which will be transformed by God in a few moments. It's just a little flour and a little water. 
each cheap and insignificant wafer. It's not worth a penny. It's not worth a penny. Has become more valuable than the cosmos, than life itself. Many Christians did give their life for a taste of his flesh. This worthless little wafer of bread. It is the bread of immortality. And it's your offering. This wafer is your offering. And he gives it back to you as his offering, his very flesh, the flesh which hung upon the cross. If you do not provide this little wafer, there is no Eucharist, no communion, no life, no sacrifice. There's nothing. If you don't come here to this gathering, there's no exchange of love between you and God and between you and your brethren. God can offer his son infinitely valuable divine life, but if you don't provide, I looked it up, 0. 0.0006 ounces of ground up wheat and flour and water, there is no communion. St. Paul's shocking statement in his letter to the Colossians must be understood in this context when he says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what was lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Whatever does that mean? Certainly there is nothing lacking in Christ's sacrifice. But even though his offering is of infinite value, there is no exchange, there is no communion, no salvation without our participation, without our meaningless, insignificant, and paltry offering. And yet we must offer it. It is God what makes it something valuable. It does not matter what you have to give. If God's given you ten talents, bring all ten. If you have five, bring the five. Two, bring the two. If you only have one talent, it's okay. But whatever you do, don't bury it. Which will cut you off from life. You must bring it and offer it. Offer whatever you have. If it's only a penny, a mite, give it to God in faith. As an act of love. And you can expect eternal life in exchange. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.